0: Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're joined this week by myself, JB, and I've got the lovely Pistol joining me as well. How are you, mate? Doing very well,
1: JB. I uh, am more excited to talk about your score this weekend, but then we can really quickly move into the first game of the round.
0: Wait, what about your score?
1: Oh, that's that's fine too. I just really do want to talk about Collingwood um, thumping Port Adelaide. But um, briefly, I did... decently, I guess, this week, 2 uh, two one four one. I have moved into the top 1,000, so I'm pretty stoked about that, and hopefully we'll remain there for the rest of the season.
0: Well, crazy how low the scores were, or crazy how low the scores needed to be to get a, a rise in the ranks this week. Uh, I got 2,207, uh, jumped up to about 1,400, so right on your tower I think it's about 40 points separating us this week, so uh, we're together within a few ranks.
1: Um, yes, it's, it's exciting that if you can manage to squeeze into the top 1K next week and I can hopefully hold rank, it will be, I think, the first time ever that uh, you, me, and Chizo are all within the top 1K at the same time. So that will be very exciting.
0: Yes, exciting times. Uh, just a quick heads up, we're recording on my phone. Well, I've got Pistol on my phone. So there's a strong delay in my internet, so if anything does seem a little bit off, that could be the reason, so just bear with us, having said <laughs> that, I'll jump into the patreon shout out. It should be fine pistol, don't, don't yeah laugh
1: at I, me. I'm laughing because you said like it it should be that it could be that reason, but it's probably just because it's you that's the reason
0: for all the mistakes. Wow, you've started off very hurtful, but that's I'll okay. move on uh, the patreon shout out for the week is Ratzi. welcome to the patreon and yeah, it's it's good to have him. He's already in the Slack, up and about. Started, I think he came in straight with a, a profile picture as well, which is always boom. appreciated. Yes, boom, indeed. Um, I feel like it's just going to be another one of those random nights where you you just you know fly off the handle and say some strange stuff. I think people were accusing you of being intoxicated this time last week, Pistol.
1: No, I was just very excited for the uh, weekend. I think that's all it was. And uh, it was uh, a great weekend in the end. So there was uh, every reason to be excited.
0: Fine. I guess we'll start off with the Collingwood versus Port yes! Adelaide game pistol. Yes. Would you like to run us through this one? No, I want you to
1: do it because it'll be more
0: painful. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, Captain Scott Pendlebury. 127 Supercoach points. I think he's hovering around a 123-round average. We'll start off with him, mate. What are your thoughts? Is Pendles or Dependlebury back in our Supercoach uh, you know, forefront of our minds?
1: Well, for starters, he is an exceptional captain and a very attractive man. And secondly, uh, in terms of Supercoach, <laughs> I, I still think it's difficult to judge him um like to say that he's definitely going to be a top eight midfielder for the whole season obviously Taylor Adams did cop an injury and is going to be out for the next um, four weeks so I I do think Pendlebury will have an increase in scoring over that period of time but I just don't know if it'll be enough for him to like sustain his average high enough for the whole year to actually be within the top 10 midfielders but he certainly is a, a decent POD that could come out with a big score on any
0: given week yeah, uh, and I do like those PODs and uh, obviously we if you talk about history and uh super coach relevance in the past then Penrose is pretty much you know I, I think everyone's got a soft spot for Penbury for what they've done for that what he's done for their teams in the past. Uh We'll move on. Uh Brady Grundy scored just uh, your standard 108, so the Port Adelaide ruckman didn't scalp another one but held him you know below what we were expecting for the the season. Next up is Adam Trelaw, 103 Coach points. I want to talk to you about this pistol because when we're starting to look at the top eight midfielders in the comp uh, in terms of Supercoach, we need to start, considering we're in such a big upgrade period at the moment, we need to start really narrowing in on those players that are going to hurt us if we don't get them in. And I think Adam Trelaw stands out to me as someone that is still a bit of a point of difference. And if you get him in, he can provide such big scores that... He can hurt a lot of people that don't have him. Uh, 103 in this one, still good signs. Goes over 30 disposals pretty much every single week. I think he's a sneaky option, and I think he's very well bound for that top six to eight midfields.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see trelaw as someone that's going to definitely hurt you just because he's kind of in that same range with like Zach Merritt, um, where they're consistently good but I don't think you're going to like be left completely behind like if you didn't have locking neal for example where you know that that's going to hurt you over the course of the season so I definitely think he's a good pick I just don't think you're going to get burned like you don't have to move heaven and earth to get him this particular week
0: yeah, that's fair enough. I suppose the break-even is at a 127. Uh, he's sitting just around 600 k 584K. I suppose if he gets closer to that 550K mark with maybe another yeah, score around 100, not exactly you know, much larger than that, then he could be worth a good look as an upgrade target. Do like Treloar this season. We'll move on. Darcy Moore, 97 points, and Pistol. We've finally seen him escape that 79-point threshold.
1: I, know. I was so excited i actually thought he should have turned up because he was phenomenal the whole game but i'm I'll, I'll await that elusive ton for darcy Moore. but i definitely think he's going to get it in the next couple of weeks
0: and huge for the cash gen uh, you can't trade him out now he's got at least another couple of weeks in everyone's teams. yep uh in regard sorry yeah definitely yeah cool uh, in regards to the injury to uh, Taylor Adams, I assume he's not supercoach relevant and probably someone like Sire comes in to replace him. Probably won't see a debut on that one.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know if it will be Sire but it will definitely at least be one of the Collingwood midfielders like uh, it could be Maine, could be Wells. I'm not really sure where he's at with the injury but I know that he did play the VFL at least last week. Um, but yeah, someone will come in and uh, they'll be good as well
0: because all of Collingwood players are good. Oh gosh, on to Port Adelaide. Justin West off 108 Super Coach points. A lot of people dancing in the street saying this man is back after a score of 90 odd last week as well. Uh, tends to do well when Port lose as well, so you know maybe that's a sign of things to come. <laughs> but 108. Are we looking at him now that he's gone down to about 400 ks His breakeven is very low this week.
1: Well, you're the port man, so why don't you tell me what you think first, and I'll, I'll uh, give my opinion you afterwards. You always in case say it's that rubbish. when I ask
0: about a port player. <laughs> it's, always,
1: it's just it's an your, easy way out.
0: It's your best deference. Well, his break even is thirty six. He's uh, four hundred k, only averaging about eighty so far for the season, and I don't know. It's hard to trust. He he had a big score in round one when he kicked a bag of five. Since then, it's really been poor. Besides the last two weeks, I just find it difficult to trust because. You know, his career high average was last year at the age of you know 32 and that was 101. Not exactly an amazing average and I think I'd be pretty surprised if he ended up getting to that this year as well. I think he'll have some good scores in him, but not the type of player that I'm expecting to be top six when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, I think with Westhoff, obviously that DPP is really valuable, but we have Riley O'Brien at the moment, so I'm in less of a rush to at least get... Westhoff, what I'm thinking is maybe we'll see where Riley O'Brien maxes at what price and maybe, just maybe, there'll be a downgrade opportunity to trade Riley O'Brien to the Hoff, which will give us cover for our Ruck and maybe um, our you know, F7 position could cover both lines and, and make some money um, in the meantime, but I'm not quite sure that's just going to work out um, price-wise, but we'll wait and see. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I think we needed Hoff to stay down for just a, a few weeks longer, at least. So, yep. I think he's peaked a little early for us. Uh, Travis Boak another score over the ton mark with 102. Break even still 109 uh, with that big score uh, from the week prior to this one in his rolling average. Now, if he goes big again, the the break even obviously won't change much. And when is it time to get Travis Boak in, or are we now waiting until his buy?
1: Look, I mean, I've watched Boak most weeks nearly every week actually by chance but this week going to the game i really watched Boak play and run and see you know what was going on with him and honestly he's just a pure midfielder he's a good player and i don't see why he would suddenly you know drop off and go below 105 at least for the rest of the year he's playing exceptionally well he's in a side that is sometimes really good and sometimes really bad but for the majority you'd think they're going to be all right for the rest of the season and I'm now thinking that he's not actually going to get that much cheaper than you know 550k so I'd rather get the points by getting him now and having to pay a little bit extra than just waiting any lot longer because you're going to miss out on tons from a forward every single week so just get on board
0: yeah, and he's played Hutchings already with, the, and you know, came away with a score of 95. He's played Collingwood, who restricts midfielders' uh, scores, came away with 102. Besides that, he's gone 119 or over against every other team that he's played. It just really looks like he's going to, you know, his, his floor just looks very low, and especially considering that, those midfield minutes, it's going to be difficult to get him in, but I don't think he'll price out too much higher than what he's at at the moment. So... I suppose if you're not losing a lot on the points front, if you've got other places to fill up, then it, you know you could wait a couple more weeks. But it's just it's scary the way he's scoring at the moment. Um, we'll move on to the next player. Uh, we won't talk about the rookies; they all scored decent again. Besides maybe Butters, who's hit a bit of a brick wall, but we'll go on to Tom Rockliffe, a score of fifty-eight. Now, we as I said just then, Collingwood do restrict their midfield opposition scores, but fifty-eight is really not good, Pistol. <laughs>
1: No, it's not good at all. But I, I do think, again, this is a suffocating Collingwood side. They don't give up much space. They win a lot of disposals. And I think Rockcliffe was just a victim of this. And you're going to just keep holding him the whole year and he'll hopefully balance it out by having massive games. And then, you know, he'll have some smaller ones. But this Collingwood side, when they when you're play, a primo is coming up against them, unless you're winning, I guess you know 20 contested possessions it's going to be very difficult to score well
0: okay so he had a sub-ton against brisbane when he got knocked out a sub-ton against west coast with a score of 90 and then uh, this week being his third sub-ton of the season with 58 he's 465k with a break even of 115 uh if he has another game around the 100 105 ish mark he's set to lose a bit more price is he someone that you might look at maybe trading in
1: <laughs> Interesting question, JB. Uh, to no know from me, I know he's cheap and he has a lot of potential. But at this stage, I think the top ten midfielders are at least forming, and I, I don't feel like he's definitely in it. I feel like you've at least got um, Neil, Fife, Cripps, McRae, probably Trelaw. Then you've got I guess Bontempelli's right up there, and then you could throw a handful over you know the next four or five and I don't know if Rockcliffe kind of fits into there. So for me, it's a no, but I'll also very happily reassess that buy. My only thing is that Port's draw is just really good. Like they've got Adelaide next, and then they just have a good run of games. So I'm thinking it's not, not just the teams that they play where they've got, you know, Hawthorne, Saints, and Gold Coast, but after the buy, they've got like four home games in a row at Adelaide oval which i think will also highly benefit them um so it definitely is a temptation but yeah i don't think he's going to get into that top midfield range from from here but you know it, i very well could be wrong on this one
0: yeah i think it would be close but it's more of a week-to-week proposition uh if you see that he's moving better in the next couple of weeks then definitely don't begrudge someone trading him in for around you know 480k so Uh, Having said that, we will move into the next game, uh, which is Demons versus Hawthorne. Uh, Demons taking the chocolates in this one, and Max Gorn just playing as per usual, 127 Supercoach points. The man I want to talk about, Clayton Oliver, 96 points, had 30 disposals again, 8 marks, 2 tackles, uh, gave away 4 free kicks, which is obviously not ideal, but... Another game where, you know, we either look at the free kicks in one game, the disposal efficiency in another game, or you know, it's this, that, or the other. But every single game this season, bar maybe one or two, there's been a strong reason for why he hasn't cracked, you know, a hundred and ten, but it, it seems to just be happening every game. People are getting frustrated.
1: It's another one of those things. Just the eleven contested possessions from the thirty this week, which is really low for Clayton Oliver as well again, it's like ninety six isn't bad enough to like having to stress about it, but you'd really want him to lift over the next couple of games just to kind of prove that he was a worthwhile selection, but it's definitely not worth trading him out at this stage It's a very stronghold in my eyes
0: yeah, a stronghold as well. I just think people need to see that big score uh that we know that we he's capable of they need to just see him go you know not give away any crazy free. He's got a half-decent disposal efficiency and get 120 like he he should have from this game. So I guess it's just uh, keeping the faith until we finally see it come to fruition. So um, another player I want to talk to you about, scores of 88 and 91 in his last two matches. His break-even is 31, priced at 357K. What do you reckon about Tom McDonald?
1: Oh, no. Oh, no, JB. Can you... (laughs) (laughs) Can you really go back to T-Mac where I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was playing a bit more forward in this game. Um,
0: he was back in the forward line, yep.
1: So if he's at, I mean, I should know that given I went to the game, but he was forward <laughs> and last week he was back. I just, are you going to, It's you're guessing each week where he's going to play and if he's going to score well. It's, this is, yeah, he it scored 88 like in defense last week. Yeah, 88's fine. I think that's what he'll roughly score in the back line but as a forward you're going to get a 90 and then you're going to get a, a 30 like you could get absolutely anything this is a tough sell I, at this price if you get him <laughs> you'd need him to make 150k or be a keeper and I, I don't really see him being either of those things so it's a it's a no from me
0: yeah it's, an, it's a no from me as well I think it's far too risky to even consider that unless he was closer to the 100k mark than the, the 400k So uh, the next player, Lockhart, did well. Looks like he's going to make some solid cash, which is probably a surprise as much to owners as it is to non-owners. But the player I do want to talk about next is Angus Brayshaw, a score of 68, off 21 disposals. Uh, He's not getting the ball as much as he was at the end of last season and even at the start of this season. It's hard to know really what's wrong with Brayshaw. He played, again, one of the lowest time on grounds in the team. Um... You know, it's, it's, if you've got him, you absolutely just need to trade.
1: <laughs> Not this week.
0: Not this week? What's the reasoning?
1: Uh, he's got Gold Coast, and I think we just saw what happened with Darling. I know it's a different case, but uh, Gold Coast give up a lot of points and Viney's still out. So I know he played in the midfield and he didn't score particularly well, but if this was the week for him to score well... Wait, no, I've put my emphasis on the wrong words here this is the week that he's going to score well out of any week if he ever is going to score well in this season. Um, I would definitely flick him to Boak or something in the coming weeks if you can, or or maybe a super premium that you missed. I'm usually not an advocate of training primos, but it doesn't really look like a primo at this point in time, um, You know, given that he's only averaging 93. But yeah, he's only got a break even of 119, so he's not really going to lose that much money and Hopefully, he can pull out a big score against Gold Coast.
0: Well, fingers crossed for those who own him. And having said that, T Mac is now coming into my team. He's got Gold Coast next week.
1: <laughs> Look, I can't, I don't even know what to say. It's like such an awkward <laughs> price point. Okay, well, could work out if you put him at your F7 at the end of the year, maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe uh, it's a t- it's definitely a tough sell. Yeah, just why um, don't you
1: get Westhoff, T Mac, Darling, Manigola and just like fill out your, your like F five to full like F Finally, yeah, you just fill up your whole bench as well with them. Just rotate them based on <laughs>
0: based on fixture. Not certain cash generation is is allowing of that this season. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the debutant, Kilty, who scored a good 40. Uh, we'll see how he goes next week, but was playing a bit in the ruck and didn't didn't look amazing. It uh, doesn't look like he's going to make a ton of cash, so probably a pass for most people there. Uh, on to the Hawthorne side of things, and there's not a whole lot to talk about. That are actually not a lot of Supercoach relevant players in our side this year. One of the big ones is James Sisley. Coming off a couple of big scores in the 120s, puts out an 80 in this one. Hawthorne were really getting into him. Uh, Hawthorne. Melbourne yeah. were really trying to get into him. Um, maybe Hawthorne were too, but just a score of 80. He might dip down a little bit in price again. Uh, just should be on everyone's watch list, I think.
1: Yeah. No, they, Melbourne were getting stuck into him. He was getting a little bit frustrated. I was a bit worried uh, for owners at one point in time where he looked like his... uh I <laughs> say, like his- the suspension. Yeah, but he didn't. So, you know, he promised he would cut that out of his game and so far, so good. But yeah, the, just the 80 points. I think we can wait for his price to come back down a little bit and then probably jump
0: on. Yep. Walpole was very untidy with his possessions. Uh, just the 70 points, 58% disposal efficiency. Not great for those who own him. Chad Wingard, pistol, playing heavily Next. in the forward line. Scored. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> In fact, you know, I'm actually going to take that. I'll I'll go to the next one. It's even the next game. So uh, is that everyone covered there?
1: Yep, we're all good. I think uh, Dylan Dylan Moore played his second game, but we'll wait and see on the Thursday podcast. We'll talk about him more if he gets named for his third.
0: Talk about him more. I love it. Uh, We'll move on to the next one. GWS defeating St. Kilda. Zach Williams, um, I've got a question for you, Pistol. If you were one of the people who traded Zach Williams to Lockie Whitfield, do you need to delete your team?
1: No, but I would be very upset.
0: <laughs> it would be very deflating.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, look, people have done worse things because, you know, you've still traded in a, a top two defender for the rest of the year in, in Whitfield, you'd think. So it, it's not, it seems worse now because he hasn't played and got injured, but like when he's back you probably won't feel too bad about it. It would be a lot worse if you trade him to somebody that ends up not being a top-eight defender or something.
0: Well, Williams looks like he can be a top-eight defender, which is great news for those who have held him. He's got scores of 121, I believe it was, last week, and 140 this week. So just brilliant signs. Uh dubbed to have had his best game in GWS Colors this week. Well, just gone, he's so. now
1: averaging 98 points, JB, in the preseason, you said he would go a hundred and five. Yep. Are you still gonna? I'll give you a chance to change that. Um, nope. <clears throat> really? You still I, even with Whitfield by.
0: back? Yeah, hundred percent. Wow, man's got some confidence. All right, please continue. <laughs> Move on to the next one, uh, which is Jeremy Cameron. The spearhead for GWS kicked another six goals in this one uh, just looks absolutely incredible. I think that whole not trusting forwards might be questioned here.
1: Well, we went through last week his fixture, and until the bye, they play pretty much all of the bottom teams, and he's going to continue this run of 100 pluses, and he's going to get very expensive, but obviously the fixtures get a bit more difficult after the, the bye, so if you want to get him, it's pretty much this week, or just don't, and... Fill out your Does line he with have some your other tick of
0: approval for this week?
1: For this week?
0: Yeah, if you had the money this week, would you be trading him in?
1: I think I... I mean, I'd prefer Boak and it's looking like Caleb Daniel's a great value pick. He's only four hundred ninety-nine k. But if you definitely are looking for a POD pick that's also going to score very well and could definitely equal Caleb Daniel, I would be uh, certainly suggesting you should look at
0: Cameron. <laughs> you seem very sceptical as you do recommend people trading it in
1: <laughs> I, it's hard to recommend trading in the forward. it's always extremely difficult I feel very uncomfortable doing it but it also makes he's logical sense has got an amazing sense. ceiling yeah it just it, pro- it makes logical sense so I'm like okay I, I guess I'll suggest it even if I'm not fully convinced myself but you know the numbers are there and it's all there so why not
0: I think he's got a top 5 ceiling in the league at the moment in terms of what he can't, can not I can't even,
1: I can't answer that back because how do you even, how can I justify? <laughs> like As in like, would which, you be, would name you be your other if five? Jeremy
0: Cameron, <laughs> no, but like, if, if, would you be shocked? I mean, he had 134 in this one. Um, a few weeks ago when he had 30 touches and, and six goals or seven goals, or whatever it was, he had 170 or 100, yeah, I think 164. Uh, I just think he's capable of just doing that, you know, any given week. He's just got an incredible ceiling top five though and that that was with seven goals five dude he could have kicked you know any amount more and and double turned easily i mean you'd think four of the top five are midfielders one of them's a a spearhead who could kick 10 goals any given game i'm pretty confident with that
1: (laughs) fair enough a four of the five must be midfielders i mean
0: maybe one's whitfield but anyway we'll move on
1: what about the rucks (laughs) no okay yep the, the
0: rucks are capped at about 140 let's let's be honest 140. Um, <laughs> That's
1: like what Grundy average in the second half of last
0: year. Uh, Stephen Cornelio, uh, 87 points in this one. He seems to be a little bit more frustrated than Oliver.
1: Well, this disposal efficiency is becoming a bit of an issue. 59%. Uh, yes. I mean, we knew he wasn't the best uh, by hand and foot, but he is quite poor this year with it. I can't really blame his injury. I don't think that's too much of a reason. Um, I did see that um, Freco tweeted that he spent 33% up forward. So that is quite Ooh, a large... forward status. Yeah, almost. But the thing is, like when they're playing these really poor teams in this coming run, it's not even that bad if he's playing forward because he's such a good goal-kicking midfielder. So I'm not too upset by that. But I am upset by his disposal efficiency and... He's not doing bad enough to ever actually consider trading him, but uh, just give me a couple of 150s to make me feel better about uh, starting you, Cornelio.
0: <laughs> I mean, he did deliver that in the first round, so I guess he can't be too mad. Um, Jackson Haley, I think I'm just going to skip over him completely, uh, and that's a discussion for Thursday because him being named or not is a complete 50-50, and yeah, there's no point talking about him if he's not named, and we'll talk a lot about him when he is. So I think that is fair enough having said that we'll move on to Isaac Cumming who played his I think he played last year but uh, played again this year 37 points uh just yeah nothing nothing too crazy I think a lot of people had higher expectations of him uh and will probably get replaced by a Whitfield type this year oh sorry this week coming next on the St. Kilda list Roland Marshall strikes again pistol uh I think we told people not to get him in were we perhaps wrong
1: yeah, so we mentioned on the Thursday podcast that he came in directly for Longa, and we were worried that Longa would you know, end up being ahead of him, but Marshall continually has been playing extremely well. This is now his fourth out of five games uh, above 100, in fact above 108, where his only other matchup against Gorn led to a score of 50. He he could genuinely be a top forward and uh, it's scary to say because at the same time he could be dropped in two weeks time for longer for the rest of the season and uh, also wouldn't be surprised. So at 438k, I think he could do worse than getting Marshall because he just keeps scoring well JB and what, what do you think? This is, this is a bit of a tough one.
0: Well, the thing that had me concerned is, is if he was playing sole ruck, I didn't think he had the scoring potential to go, you know, anywhere near a hundred. But you know, when they're when they're throwing different players in the ruck, he's actually going forward and kicking goals as well, and that really helps his scoring potential. So, I mean, if he keeps doing that, then yeah, he's got potential to average a hundred on the dot for the season, I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, this this is very difficult to talk about. I, it is, I guess, a fun fact that Shane Mumford gave away nine free kicks. Yes, nine free kicks in a match. I think it was like seven in the first half or something. Rid- ridiculous. Um, so, Royal Marshall did get six free kicks, which I guess helped his scoring because they, I believe countless contested possessions as well and he gets a clearance and all that. So, that was um, yeah, a really good game for, for, for Marshall. And,
0: uh, yeah, I wish I knew what to do with Marshall. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mumford gave away nine free kicks and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think 50 metre penalties actually go into that count either. Yeah. I don't know for a fact he gave away one of those because it was one of those covered Two of them. 100 metre penalties. Yeah, Two of them, did he? Well, He still scored 89. He could have had 130.
1: Yeah, he could have had an absolutely
0: monster game. That's wild. Not that there's any real relevance to that, but I, I just think that's insane. Um, Parker is going to make more money. If you didn't trade him out like most people did a couple of weeks ago, then uh, definitely a hold for a couple more weeks from now. Uh, Jack Billings, again, in a loss, sub-80. So uh, those who are looking at him as a forward option, maybe top six to eight, I think it's very... I think it's safe to say that he'll probably be in the... Uh, I'll, I'll put him in like the 7 to 10 range of players where he'll just be just outside that top six, but uh, not too far out, if you know what I mean.
1: You definitely like Billings a lot more than I do. I, yeah, definitely really? don't read him as a super coach option. Um, I did want to jump into Dara Joyce, did play um, this week, a score of 60. He, I think, is 123k um, defender option for this year. I know that. Um, Nope, my page is closed, so I actually don't know that. But uh, Jonathan Marsh played at full forward, so people were worried that Marsh might come in and displace a defender, but Marsh actually went forward, um, which is good for um, Joyce because he's now played his second game, so he is on the bubble, and if he can hold his spot over Nathan Brown, he looks capable of you know, just putting out that 60 score every week and making uh, a decent amount of cash. So not a bad one if he can manage to hold on to his place but it's a yeah it's it's a hard call when you've got somebody of uh, i guess i'd say nathan brown's caliber waiting to come in but at the same time you can say saints are possibly trying to play some more youth so yeah interesting to
0: note jb yeah, well said, I think. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't know, well said, but they got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> well said as in I don't have to add anything to it because you said everything about eight times. But Yes, perfect. Um, that in, makes sense. Interesting to note, Jimmy Webster, 45. Uh, I mean, I don't want to have a chat about him at all, obviously. There's no relevance here. But just from the last year to the, this year, next. how crazy has that been? <laughs> hey? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, not as an option. I just think it's insane how, how much he's dropped off. Fine, no, no, just no. next me for the second time. No, yes, no, exactly. no, I don't want your answer now. Thank you, Nat. No, don't talk about it. Okay, well, oh, quoting my, my girl, Ari. Love that. Um, Brisbane defeated Sydney in the next game of the round. <sighs> Lockie New, 108 points. Um, I mean, if you're 680K and you score anything under 120, you're probably going to go down in price. Maybe a little bit of hope that if he puts out another 110-ish score that he might become obtainable to us mere mortals. It was just
1: frustrating because he was on 86 at three-quarter time and looked like he was in for a decent score because it, the game was relatively tight and Brisbane got on top of the Swans in the last quarter but he just didn't get the ball until the game was like over in the last couple of minutes. So he didn't really score in that time, uh, which was very upsetting but I still think he's probably the best pick in the game at this point in time as well. He will be the high scorer this year because every time he does something, he just gets so many points for it. So if you don't have him, um, I guess, wait for his price to come down the next one, two weeks. But after that, round 11, you've got Hawks and round 12, you've got Carlton. And I, I just think he's going to go huge for the rest of the year after that. So, A lot of comparisons
0: yeah, to Tom Mitchell as well. Um i don't think he's exactly of that mold i think he'll put out more sort of scores closer to the 100 here and there whereas tom mitchell was just 120 plus week in week out so yeah i'm not as scared as Lockie neil but he obviously is in incredible form and you know is an absolute must-have by the buyers let alone the end of the season so just i miss right tom mitchell for no reason hey yeah, how good is he yeah, that's just We do miss him. We miss that captaincy option as well. He was just yeah. every single week, 120 plus, lock it in. Yeah, I it, suppose uh, the game's a little bit more fun now.
1: Yeah, the, the amount of VCs that I've messed up and I'm like, I wish I could just put this captaincy on Tom Mitchell and not have to like stress when Cripps is on yeah. four points at quite a time. <laughs> he was on one uh, yeah.
0: point, I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
1: I'd like, Yeah, it was, it was very stressful. Uh, Noah Answorth, 72 points, JB. Um, is mm-hmm. he now... The best option for this week if he gets named
0: as yeah a if get, well, that's the that's the key it's the same with Haley we need to discuss it more on the Thursday if he gets named he's one hundred and ten percent in my squad um but they've got players like Bailey and uh, Harris Andrews and I think there's another defender weight in the wings um obviously not a life flight for Harris Andrews but um players like Bailey and that are, are due to come in, but you know maybe. He should hold his spot. I'm confident he'll hold his spot. And if he does, then absolutely. We'll talk about it Thursday as one of my favourite trade-ins. Perfect. That sounds good to me. Cool. Um, The person that we'll talk about first on Sydney's side of things, Josh P. Kennedy. Not getting a lot of love yet this season, but another score of 110+, and he's done this almost every single week now. Um, One of those players, like Pendlebury, that people would have fond memories of. Some people... Maybe not so much. He he did tend to drop off in the second (laughs) half of the season at times. (laughs) Yes. But he is hard to ignore at his uh, current form. He's 560K. And I'll try and read off a couple of scores here. So he started with a 94 in round one, then went 136, 113, had a 95 against Melbourne, then 110, 115, and 118. So if it's not a score of 94 or 95, it's 110 plus, which is quite incredible.
1: I don't think I would be comfortable touching another Swans player this year after, I guess, they've just rocketed down the ladder. So it doesn't make me feel great <laughs> about... Down. Yeah. Sorry, not rocketed up. It was facing the wrong way and they've just shot down. And they're looking like yeah. they could finish in the bottom four this year, which doesn't make me feel very comfortable uh, selecting, you know, one of their eldest players in their side who has... I guess, burnt me and burnt others in the past were just dropping off after the bye casually as well. He used to be like the guy that finished strong, but yeah, last year was a real kick in the guts. And with the other options around, I don't think I could go there again. And he's certainly a POD, that's for sure.
0: You know what? I'm going to stick my neck out a bit here. They've got Essen and North Melbourne in the next two weeks as well. So this will support my argument, but I do actually like Josh Kennedy as a top six to eight midfielder he's he's literally, he's just carrying them, and yeah. you know, he's that elder, I know he's that elder statesman at the moment, and um he sort of needs to carry them, but he kind of just is, and he's willing himself to every game, and he's dominating every game, he'd be in a top three best on ground every single game that they've played this year, and maybe he just knows that, he. I mean, his career's not almost over, he's obviously still in very good form, but maybe he knows that his career playing finals is over, and he's just trying to you know, get the best out of himself before it's all over. So, actually, I, I like him this year. I think it's one of the last years I'd ever recommend Josh Kennedy, but for some reason, I just have a, a good feeling about him.
1: Yeah, I'm going to stick to the younger players, I think. I like uh, Trelaw and Zeret to finish. And, and Clayton Oliver,
0: who's sputting it up, and Cornelio, who's sputting it up, and Kelly, who's always injured. You know, I don't
1: know. I like Josh Kennedy.
0: All right. Get on him, Pistol. All
1: right. No, I'm definitely not, but continue.
0: All right, so next up, Jake Lloyd held to a score of 101 this week. Um, I mean, there was an injury to Harry Cunningham. If there's any option of uh, Lloyd getting more disposals, it's probably going to be it this next few weeks. Um, If you don't have him yet, he scored 101. He's actually probably underpriced at the moment. You just have to get him in ASAP.
1: (laughs) He is. He's good for a ton every single week, and every week you think he's not going to get there, just by like the volume of kick-ins that he takes as well he can boost up his score so much in such like a short amount of time as well where he was I think he was on like 30 at halftime and then next thing you know it's kick out central and he's just rockets up that um, super coach scoreboard for the game and you see him at the end of the match at over 100 and you're like yep makes sense he's just Done it again. I think Brisbane kicks 19 behind. So this game, I think he was he played on I think it was 12 times during this match. So yeah. something like that, where it's just bulk points. So yeah, definitely a good option.
0: Well, the next guy we'll talk about, Isaac Heaney is about to bottom out in price in a couple of weeks' time. Does not play nearly as well without Franklin in the team than what he does with him. Um, I don't think it's directly correlated though I think he actually just had a bad game he was in the midfield quite a lot still this week uh, just couldn't find the ball enough had 20 disposals uh, you know, just nothing crazy uh, went at a poor efficiency as well so I think he'll bounce back in the next couple of weeks and if you don't have him in a couple of weeks time will be uh, the time to get him even if you've been one of those silly people who traded him out earlier in the season
1: Perfect, let's move on
0: Dogs versus the tigers uh, in this one. Dogs actually got over them. I don't know if you recall what I said last week on the podcast, but I did have a good feeling about bulldogs this week. Pistol,
1: you did actually. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was a good call. It was more than just a good feeling. I, I heard that you um didn't bet but won
0: a lot of money. Yes, well, I'm not a betting man, but I did win money. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, we'll look on the bulldog side of things and. Boy, are they hard to figure out. So, believe it or not, but they played Bontempelli, Dunkley, McRae, and although he was down uh, in this one, uh, Liberatore as well, in the midfield pistol. Can you believe their four best, strongest tackling, clearance, contested possession midfielders played in the midfield, and they smashed a team like Richmond? And we'll talk about Bontempelli firstly 146 points. After his 95 this week, he hasn't actually gone. Uh, Rocketing up in price, which we'll do next week. I think he's absolutely a great option to get in, and even when he did rest forward, he managed to kick three goals. He is, and I think he. I'll have to look this up, but I think he's still a point of difference. If you can get Bontempelli in, he's just absolutely going to be one of the top five midfielders in the league this year.
1: I, I kind of don't understand that he's like so ridiculously good, but then also play him forward sometimes, it's like when you have that weapon at your disposal, can you just play him in the midfield and win games please, like it it can't be that hard um, to just do that, I know he led um, according to Freco. again, he had the equal most centre bounce attendances with Dunkley, they had 16 each, um, followed by McRae had 14 and Tom Liberatore had 11 but yeah, just uh, I, I I really dislike this conundrum of I want to pick Bulldogs players but also I can't trust the coach so I can't feel comfortable in picking any of them for the rest of the year probably except Caleb Daniel I don't feel like his role is going to change because he's been so good off that halfback flank and Bulldogs halfback flanks in the past have historically just scored really well so I feel like he's still locked into that role and he will be a good pick for this year but picking Dunkley and picking Bontempelli and even keeping Liberatore which I am doing but it's it doesn't make me feel good because at any given week one of them could just score at 50 and you don't know if it's going to be your player or someone else's
0: yeah it is tough but again they have this ceiling where it's just incredible when and they get wins like this where they almost double the reigning Premier's score and Western Borders aren't typically a high scoring team and they have the, the mix that they did in the midfield this game you said the top four Bont, Dunk, uh, McRae and Liber. that that just seems like such an obvious top four to have in your midfield but they don't do it now after a win you'd think that'd keep the women winning formula up and that brings me into the next man which is Josh Dunkley 134 SuperCoach points 35 disposals Eight marks, eight tackles, three free fours, uh, fifteen of his disposals were contested. As we know he can do, he got five clearances, went at eighty-five percent efficiency. Huh. That's a lot of stats, pistol, but it's it's completely reliant on his role. It's the point this
1: is the game that he had in the you know second half of last year where he just went an absolute tear. Like this is the typical game that Josh Dunkley is capable of playing when he plays as a midfielder. And the problem is I can't tell you if he's going to play as a midfielder even next week, even coming off this amazing game, being almost best on ground, probably in the top three. It's just... How can you trade in somebody that could then go back to 70s for the rest of the week? It, I, want, I really want to get Dunkley in because these scores his ceiling as a forward is just so ridiculously high and he could do it against any team as well it's not even like this hits reliant on him playing a weak team and kicking bags of goals like he could do this against every team for the rest of the year and i would wouldn't be surprised but at the same time he could average 70 for the rest of the year and i also wouldn't be surprised and i want to pick him but i feel like it's just a recipe for disaster
0: yeah, it's a struggle, but um, three of his six scores prior to this game were above 90, and that's playing that forward role. So although it's scary him not playing that midfield role, he still does have a decent ceiling without it. So if you say this game, um, the second half of last season, is, is enough to hopefully wake Bevo up, and we see you know at least half of the remaining games played in that midfield, it's surely worth getting him in, and he's actually, he's at a low price right now. His break-even is down at 34, uh, sorry, 54. He's going to jump another 30k this week with a, a score of 100+. plus. You know, he's four hundred seventy k He could be the biggest bargain of the season at this point.
1: I think another thing that I'm a bit concerned about is, uh, I did mention how Colin would kind of suffocate those midfielders, and he did have his uh, lowest score for the season against them when he scored 73. But Geelong do something similar as well and you know teams really I guess midfielders struggle to score against them in the next 8 rounds he plays Collingwood and Geelong twice so 3 of the next 8 weeks I wouldn't be expecting a massive score so I guess that's another thing to consider when looking to get him in but that might mean nothing because if he's playing like how he's playing now he will score well no matter what so it's just it's yeah. It's this is a very very difficult call. It's kind of if I can. It makes perfect sense if you want to take the punt, but you know that you're taking a punt. This is far from a guarantee. And if you want more of a guarantee, I would definitely look um, across and down a little to Caleb Daniel.
0: Yeah, and that's the next player we'll talk about. Is um, pretty much at this point a guarantee to score well. Uh, I think his lowest score is ninety two. I'm sure you'll correct me on that if I'm wrong but is pretty much consistently in the 90s or um, in the low 100s. This week did sort of jump out of the blocks a bit with 113, but I think he only had I think he only had like 30, 20 or 30 in the first two quarters and then just had a huge second half. Um, he just absolutely looks the goods for top six, and I'd, at this point I'd be very shocked if he fell out of that top six forward range.
1: Yeah, 93 was his lowest, and I think that he's definitely capable of continually scoring the scores that he's scoring because he, he's just a good user by foot and he gets a lot of the pill. And as I said, that half-back role has always been a great you know scoring role for the Bulldogs. So if you can afford him, he's still a huge POD and is only 499K, so I certainly would be looking at getting him in.
0: Yep, a great option. Uh, McRae, 24 handballs, the reason for his score of 107 this week. But I think we have to talk about the most disappointing score for the round for a lot of people. That was Tom Liberatore with 58 points. Now, a lot of people saying that he was playing a bit more forward. As you read out earlier, 11 set of bounce attendances for the match, which was fourth best. Um, Not a role change, and it looks like there's been a form change in the last three weeks. It just doesn't look like Liberatore is going to be... I mean, let, let's be honest, we all started him at the start of the year to try and make money, and he served that purpose whilst also netting us a lot of points on those who didn't start him. Some people even traded him in after a few weeks. So I think those who started him have to be very happy with what he's produced, but it's, it's probably time to trade. And if you don't trade this week, then you're, you're holding for another three weeks for him to get a couple more good scores and get back up to where he is now.
1: Yeah, he's got a break-even of 146, so he is going to drop quite a bit more but I think he will still maybe stabilize at 430k at least Um, obviously it's disappointing when he got up to you know 480 and you could have traded him to 5 for 70k which I know is a move that you did um, JB but for uh, the others like myself I feel like you're not going to lose out too much by holding onto him for a bit more. He obviously has that ceiling where he's you know can score 150, but he's had good scores in a lot of the games this year. And if we can manage to hold him until the bye and even the week after the bye, um, he plays Carlton in round 13 when we're going to need I guess players playing because that's a a bye that a lot of our premiers have. I feel like that might be worthwhile, and just upgrade around him, and eventually move him to your M eight, and then finally get rid of him to a primo. I think uh, that's likely going to be my strategy. But again, if you don't have anything to do and you need the cash, I, again, you can trade him now. It's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah, and if you're not far off five, there's you know that move obviously is twenty thirty k more expensive than it was last week, but it's still a viable option. I think it's only a hundred a hundred k jump to get to Fife, and you know, Fife in very good form, obviously, uh, started the season just like a house on fire, he's probably at his lowest price that'll be for the season, Uh, besides last week, I think he had a bit of a rise. But yeah, I, I still don't begrudge that move at all. And like I said, if you don't do that, then you're probably holding him for a few weeks anyway. So, strike yourself in. Hopefully, he can bounce back, which I'm sure he's capable of. So, we'll move to the Richmond game. Um, uh, just quickly, the Bulldogs, who uh, a lot of people jumped on this week, Young and Hayes, uh, decent enough, will probably uh, keep their spots you'd expect. Uh, onto the Richmond side, Sydney Stack with a big score out of the blocks, 103. He's going to make a lot more money for those who got him. Liam Baker the same, a big 85 for him. Besides that, what is there to talk about in this game?
1: <laughs> Bolter, it's all about Bolter. Oh,
0: no. All right. Well, you you talk about Bolter. I'll I'll go to sleep for ten and wake me up when it's the Eagles' sons.
1: I definitely don't want to talk about Bolter for ten minutes. But it was good to see that he was, uh, I guess, Richmond's best. Forward, key forward for the day. Uh, 59 supercoach points, a uh, career high for Bolter. And the goal, well, a goal, which was better than Tom Lynch, who finished with 26 supercoach points of the day. So uh, Bolter just does some classic Bolter things, and you kind of are expecting him to mess up. And then you're like, yep, that's classic Bolter, but he actually played all right in this game. <laughs> I'm hoping that's a sign of things to gum, and he can start piecing things together, because he, he seemingly looks better in the last couple of weeks so fingers crossed he gets a couple more games which I think he will and can put out a couple of 50 point scores so we can hurry up and get rid of
0: him (laughs) I don't think there's any doubt by the way as much as we poke fun that he's gonna be a good player in future Uh, at the moment he's just very young and raw so he's gonna have those moments I think there was a moment in this one as well where um I, can't, I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was running into an open goal square pretty much he just needed to collect and goal um he ended up somehow overrunning it or air swing i kinda i can't remember exactly what happened, but then he gave away a free two seconds later as well, and you know pretty much could have had a goal but gave away a free instead and it was like a fourteen point swing or something like that we're gonna see stuff like that he's still young and raw I think they're playing them at playing him out of necessity for their injury so hopefully like you said, he can string a couple of good games together and you can get him out of your squad. Having hey, said that, we'll move on to the next game. While my match centre loads, this re- this refreshes at the actual most awkward times. It's horrible.
1: <laughs> That's okay. We've West got Coast. Uh, West Coast versus <laughs> West. Gold Coast. Look at that. That's something in there. Elliot Yo and Andrew Gaff uh, made their moves this week. A one thirty two for Yo and a hundred and fifty four for Gaff was absolutely enormous. Um, Yo himself coming off like a hundred a hundred and ten plus score last week, so he's put back to back. Good performances together. Only 533k. Is Yo on your radar, JB?
0: Uh, It's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, West Coast aren't in the best of the form. Uh, Elliot Yo's had a couple of good weeks and we know his scoring potential is enormous. He had 12 tackles in this one, which is ridiculous. His break even is all the way down at 64. Um, Prior to this, though, what was wrong with him? He he had an 88, sorry, average going into. Uh, the one hundred and sixteen last week, and then one hundred and thirty-two. Now he's up to a ninety-eight. I just want to know what was up prior to that. And you know, in the first few rounds, Gold Coast, uh, sorry, West Coast were playing well. In the last few rounds, they've been play, playing poorly. So um, they've got St Kilda, Melbourne, Adelaide, Bulldogs, Sydney, and Hawthorne coming up. Um, so they've got a good run of games approaching. Maybe it is time to get on him. I just don't personally have that that trust that I, I should for trading in a, a premium midfielder.
1: Yeah, now that you read their fixtures, that it sounds all right, but it, it, does it might have <laughs> to do with Elliot Yo's p- lack of preseason, possibly, um, so that, yeah, I guess you can't really explain it, but both Yo and Gaff, I know Gaff's generally overlooked because he's much more of an outside player, but we can't forget that last year he took his game to another level, you know, average 107, which was um, around a the, the, the top 10 mid. This year, he is only... I mean, I guess only averaging one hundred and six, but that's off the back of this one hundred and fifty-four with a, a smaller, um, you know, five-game sample size. But he left to his own devices on any given day. This is kind of what you could could expect from Gaff because he just gets so much of the ball, and that's what he does. He's an accumulator; it doesn't change with those opponents that you just read out he's probably going to have the opportunity to do this again throughout the season. And I really do think he could go 107-plus again this year and would be a, a good, even a great POD supercoach pick.
0: Yeah, and he's a little bit low on price at the moment as well, 549. Um, prior to this one, hadn't started the season as he would have liked. Um, three scores within seven points of one another from 97-104. And then uh, 76 against Geelong last week after obviously having those first two weeks off uh, with the Brayshaw incident. Then a big score obviously this week and that run of games that we spoke about earlier. Um, He's one that could be good and is obviously a point of difference after missing those first two rounds. Only 1.2% of teams, yeah, I I guess, pick with caution. Uh, He's not a historically huge scorer, as you said. Uh, Even the average of last year, 107 or whatever it was, isn't massive by any means but if he replicates it he'll just be around that top eight midfield range which is you know what you're looking for
1: yep there's a, a couple of interesting things to note jack darling did bounce back um 132 points again that draw is quite easy so just uh hopefully owners can recoup their some of their losses um i don't think i would be advocating for trading me and he won't make people might think oh he's going to make a quick 100k but yeah it's just 100K, so you'll be using a trade and then having to trade him out again because he won't be worthwhile keeping for the rest of the season. Um, Shannon Hearn, I find, maybe the most interesting out of this game because it was a game largely played under, I guess, West Coast control. So Gold Coast only kicked eight goals, nine, but Shannon Hearn still managed to have 26 disposals. So it seems like he's not really going to have... Bad game this season. I feel like he could have been like he didn't. I didn't think he played particularly well, and he still got ninety nine points. So, if this is a bad game for Hearn, I definitely would advise, uh, yeah, getting him in when you can because it's looking like he's in for easily a career best season there. JB, and lastly, Petrocelli, fifty four super coach points. His break even now is I think it's fifty eight, and he's only exceeded that once in his career. So. It's a strong please-trade-me-out this week uh, for Petricelli.
0: Yep, I tend to agree. Same can be said for Collins, whose uh, break-even is creeping up as well. He's had back-to-back scores of sub-50, so not ideal for owners there. Uh, good times to cash in, especially with the Answorth on the bubble. Uh, Josh Corbett played his second game for Gold Coast, uh, scored 59, a couple of behinds as well and probably one of the, huh, it's obviously not one of the worst misses, we see some shocking ones from the goal square, but missed from about 15 out directly in front to make this a uh, one or two kick game in the closing 5 or 10 minutes there, so uh, could have had another big boost to his score and, and finish around 70, 75-ish, uh, but let that one slip, so I think Corbett actually looks okay uh, as a forward downgrade option.
1: Yeah, if this kind of feels like Parker where he had like two decent games but like didn't do much. Like Corbett scored fifty nine points just from thirteen touches and didn't kick a goal. So that seems okay if he could do that every week, but um, I am wary of trading in a Gold Coast forward. I think I would prefer to get Ainsworth if he's pl- if he's named and it's all good. And yeah. Definitely. Even even probably hateley But Corbett's a close third. I, I think you could easily trade to him and not be too worried job security I'd say he's seemingly quite good because he's playing quite well Um, so even if he can play throughout the buy and hover between 50 and 60 points he probably will make enough money as well for him to have been a, a worthwhile selection
0: yeah, I tend to agree. Uh we'll move on to the Carlton versus North Melbourne game. North Melbourne taking the chocolates here. We'll start off with Cripps who went from four points at quarter time to finish on 123. So, second time he's done that this year. I think he had 11 points um a few games ago and finished on about 130. So, he's just another on another level at the moment and you know 20 he didn't even have that many disposals. He had 26 disposals. Uh, Just the eight tackles, kicked a couple of goals, one of them from about the outside 50 on the boundary. So just does freakish stuff, and he's just going to be up in that top two midfielders for the year. Uh, Sam Walsh, only a 23-point second half, which is disappointing, but showed every sign of hitting up that ton again this week. Uh, Just fell short, obviously, with North Melbourne's dominance in the second half there. Um, Not one that I'm considering trading for another few weeks at least, Pistol. So I think those... Uh, deciding as to whether they should cash in on him. Um, is there argument to be made to cash in if, if you're in a liber situation maybe without liber even in your team and you see someone like Fife up for grabs there?
1: I think you should definitely consider trading him out I guess if it suits your team the problem is he's 452k he's got a break even of 97 and plays collingwood this week so if you're trading him out you're kind of banking on him having a poor score against collingwood this week then he plays gws at their home grounds which might be another poor score so if he has back-to-back poor scores it's running into the buy and he's lost a lot of money that he's already made so this could be the peak time to cash him out but i do think that he He's an absolute freak, and he will probably end up scoring at least 80 throughout this whole run of games um, and, I guess, maintain his price. But, that's again, that's just my opinion, and it could be entirely wrong. And if he comes out next week with a 60, followed up by a 70, he's going to lose quite a bit of money. But the gap to Fife is... I mean this. This is probably one of the cheapest you can get five. It's only 120k, so I would at least consider it. But it's a it's yeah it's a no for me this week.
0: Yeah, I think I'll be holding him quite well, not confidently, but I think I'm holding him with uh, still high hopes that around the buy he'll be either the same price or um, he might have just lost a little bit of money. So I'm I'm not heaps concerned about him. He, as you said, he is a special kid and um dare I say didn't get the uh the disposal count that we expect from him this week <laughs> I was waiting for but, it where's the twenty four <laughs>
1: touches j <Jamie>? v
0: <laughs> he fell short, but uh <laughs> I would be surprised if he was held down for too long uh we'll move on michael gibbons fifty five he's coming close to peak uh price so a trade out option in the next week or so. Um, as you know, as you have options to go down or up to. That's dependent on your team. Williamson and the debut of Stocker are uh, not enough for us to look too hard at in terms of downgrade options. They probably will get the three games uh, each at least, and then Newman and Simpson will come back into the side, so something we'll talk about probably next week, and you know, if they score similar to this, it just won't be an option at all. On the North Melbourne side of things, um, they generally never have anything to talk about, Pistol, so does anything catch your eye?
1: I think Cunnington is probably worthwhile discussing because we mentioned in previous week as he was in the top five mids and he's still in the top five mids. 27 touches this week, 16 contested possessions, 10 clearances, all equaled 115 super coach points. He keeps getting the job done, JB. So I am going to ask a question. It does sound silly. I already know before I've asked it. But do we need to start considering Cunnington as a real deal for this season?
0: Yeah, I mean we we definitely do. He's put up numbers that resemble, you know, those of any top eight midfielder thus far. He's been very consistent as well and shown a high floor, which is all ticks in my books. Has the uh, ability to sort of go go a bit crazy and score in those 130s as well. Um you'd be crazy if you wasn't if you weren't considering him, but he's gonna be one of those people that I just leave to the absolute last upgrade if I am going to get him. Just waiting for that, like that fall that he tends to have uh, in a season. So I don't know. I, I just don't have the trust for him yet. But if he's you know still performing like this around the buys, then I'll quite happily trade him in.
1: Uh, he has got the last buy round fourteen, which means you can't actually wait for him last um, because you don't want to be trading him in. And then he has the buy uh, like shortly after that. I, I don't. I don't trust Cunningham. He's gone from the 96 average last year to 113. I know Cunnington could be just breaking out as you know so they have to do eventually, but with the other options available, I feel like they're way safer to continually at least going around that 110 range. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Cunnington just ended up, you know, averaging 104, 105 flat. Um, you know, from next week onwards for the rest of the season, it, the trust is definitely not there yet, and it's no. not even like he's a super cheap price and it's a worthwhile punt. Like he's still five hundred and sixty k, and if you're going to pay that, I think I'd rather just get Gaff or Yo, to be honest.
0: Yep, I tend to agree there. Um, ben Brown only a thirty point second half there. Still got one hundred and thirty one.
1: <laughs> Huge. Oh, yeah, what massive. about Nikolaki? Second game. Um, we did say before he's scoring potential from last year was absolutely terrible and then he came in with a 75 and people wanted to trade him in. He's played Carlton where they're up by like 70 points at half time and he has only managed a, my page refreshed, JB, but he's only managed 40 40 with zero goals. Pass. Yeah, big pass. I don't think you can go near him. Next. 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 Alright, let's go. Jump into the next one.
0: Geelong defeating Bombers in the next one. If you traded in Tim Kelly... (laughs) What? Oh, my gosh. If you traded in Tim Kelly, he had 120 supercoach points, so definitely repaid those who uh, jumped on him last week for a very low price. Don't think it's too late, though. Uh, I think you can still jump on him this week. He's only just 500K, still has a low break even, and as we saw this week, can go very large for a forward.
1: Look, get Tim Kelly. He's very good at football, and he's very good at Super Coach. I don't really care if you are saying "oh," but my doesn't suit my buy structure. I'll tell you what doesn't suit your buy structure: not getting <laughs> oh, good shit. players into your side <laughs> because you are gonna what you are gonna lose in that. Even if he donuts in that week for you, and you lose like a hundred and ten points, whatever option you trade in, he could outscore them by a hundred and ten points until that point in time, and then you have them for the rest of the season as well. So there's no reason at all
0: to not get Tim Kelly. Okay, fair enough. Um, we'll move on to the next player, and that is Tom Stewart, 102 again. Uh, we've been saying it all year, and I think both of us have been in agreement with he could definitely be a top six defender option, and there's no reason that he should continue to be a point of difference.
1: He's just good. I think the problem is we've there's a lot of really good players in Geelong and it feels like very off-putting knowing that you could get like six of them into your side. But yeah, his scoring this year has been excellent. He's just had one game below 95. Um, as a defender, I would have no reason with, no problem with getting him. He's only 507K as well. So he's a he's a great POD.
0: Yep, love it. And love Tom Stewart this year. We'll move on to the next one. Sam Menegola has had a couple of decent scores in a row here. I just find it impossible to consider him. Uh, he just seems to have one game here or there where he's very good. He gets the twenty-eight disposals, um, gets thrown into the midfield. Maybe you know an extra ten percent on the last few games for some reason. But then he just goes back to you know seventies, eighties. He's even put out a few scores you know around the sixty mark. So I just I can't trust Menegola, and I don't think I'll have him in my side this year at all.
1: I mean, he's playing on the wing. Like, that's his role now. I know they've brought in Dalhouse and Ablett, and they're playing that half forward flank and scoring really well from it. But it makes sense that if you're on the wing, you should still be able to ton up. Like, that's a, that's a good role to have in, in a strong Geelong side. I, I don't know if it's the lack of preseason and it's taking a while to build into it, but something's not quite right. And there's a lot of hesitation all over from all over the supercoach community of, of getting him, but if you just look at three years averaging 100, a guy that knows how to find the ball, 418K? Like, that is so cheap for somebody of his potential, and it's hard to even get a good read on this because in this game, Selwood didn't play, and next week, you've got Gaz being suspended, and probably you'd assume Selwood comes back in for Gaz, and then... And a goal that probably still does well, and then you're going to want to wait another week just to make sure that he scores well when everyone's back. And by that stage, just he's turned to up three times in a row, and he's <laughs> back up to 470k. And you're like, well, I may as well just get Caleb Daniel.
0: Yeah, he's just not an option for me. He doesn't have that prowess that he's had in the last couple of seasons. And I know he's missed consistent. I think he's averaged 99, then 100 on the dot, and then um, 100.4 or something. Crazy like that, but this is the season that he's going to average just 80, 85. I might get him. (laughs) (laughs) That escalated quickly. Uh, We'll move on. Patrick Dangerfield, a score of 26, uh, had about 18 injuries in this one, uh, camped heavily forward. This is just an anomaly of a game in which he was injured and they were smashing him and he just didn't need to do anything besides keep up the rotations off the bench.
1: I'm a little worried...
0: Still disappointing. Yep.
1: <laughs> I'm just worried because maybe it could potentially be one of these dusty situations where Geelong is so much better than their oppositions that they're playing every week, where they're like, we only need to put Dangerfield in the midfield for half a game, and then we can just play him forward for the other half, and he can still kick three goals in a quarter. So uh, I'm not, it's not like you, you're never going to trade out Dangerfield, and everyone has him, so it's kind of irrelevant, but. I am a little worried about what he's going to average for the rest of this season.
0: Yeah, I mean he's going to have effectively a hundred percent ownership in a month's time because he's going to be that cheap that everyone's just going to trade him in if they don't have him and you know everyone pretty much has him already anyway. He's going to score a hundred and ten plus every three weeks and you know put out a couple of ninety here. And there. I just think the most significant thing about this is he cannot be trusted as a captaincy option. And I'd only trust him as a vice captaincy option if he had Gold Coast on a Friday or something like that. So um he's just pretty much yeah, not not exactly the player that we thought he'd be this season and has lost my faith as a captaincy option, but I wouldn't trade him out and I still think you average, you know, in the top six forwards quite quite comfortably this season. It's just good for those who didn't start him, they're gonna get him very cheap.
1: Yeah, definitely. i, I I'll make him my V C every now and then, but yeah, probably probably not my Captain anymore.
0: Oh, imagine if you're captain this week. That'd be heartbreaking. Uh, we'll move on to the last oh, game of the, the round. <laughs> last game of the round was Crows versus Fremantle. So Ryan it no O'Brien one
1: on on, at all. Hey? Zero S. No, no one. No, absolutely what about No one.
0: No, he's no, no ninety four, he's just whatever.
1: Okay. All right. Next.
0: <laughs> Riley O'Brien, 123 Supercoach points. He's going to make a lot, a lot of money. So, congrats to those who have him in. He's still got a negative break-even, is about 380k. Matt Crouch. Did you, did you hear one the fun, fun fact? Fun, what fun? What fun the fact? Fun, the Slack fun fact. I mean,
1: yeah, I, I, pro, I regret calling it a fun fact, but <laughs> it's somewhat fun. He's only in 13% of teams, which I find absolutely shocking.
0: Yeah, that is crazy. Bad luck yeah, you to those. think it'd be way 87% more than that. Teams.
1: Yeah. It's a gun.
0: He's good. He's going to make way, way more money than what we even expected with the first couple of games being 80s. He's just going to go extremely well. Is um, there ever a matchup
1: where you'd play him over Gorn or Grundy? No, no there's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe this week when Grundy had the Port Rucks and you could assume he would go crazy against you know, Rory Lobbers, Fremantle's best ruck, but. I think that's maybe a hindsight call.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I feel like, yeah, if if I had to ask you now like which game would you even consider it, you'd say none and then I'm like, if you if I force you to pick one, you'd probably be like against port Adelaide and that was this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still, like, yeah.
0: And yeah. who could have predicted what O'Brien would have done even in the interim? So yeah, i d I don't think it's anything like that. But we'll just love the money. How good would it be if he was a, a ruck forward? That would honestly be the best thing ever.
1: Well, I feel like that with Marshall. Like, if Marshall was a rock forward, that would be the best thing ever as well, but just not to be.
0: Oh, well, we're stuck with Westhoff. That's fine. Um, We'll move on. (laughs) Matt Crouch, 97, another one of those players who just gets a 400,000 disposals and has a sub-ton score, but he's not doing enough to even warrant a consideration for a trade-out. Rory Ladd made little to no money and still has an average-ish break-even. So a trade-in option pretty much anytime in the next couple of weeks if you want a defender. Brody Smith, 94, keeps on keeping on. Um, needed a goal in this one uh, late to get to that 94 mark. He was looking at a score in the low 80s, so glad he got up there after three tons in a row. Um, not a whole lot to discuss in this one, actually, but Brad Crouch, 79 Supercoach points. He's done this a few times in a row now. Did go over 30 touches again, but he's like a watered-down Matt Crouch with... You know, the amount of disposals and what he does with it and Matt Crouch is just slightly better at him at getting the super coach points pretty much and, you know, Matt Crouch isn't even amazing at it. So, what do we do with Brad? Well, they have Port Adelaide next week and we know that they're
1: not a great team. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of these tough ones because he keeps... Getting so many touches but not scoring well that you feel like it's not justifiable to trade him out when you've got a guy at like getting 30 touches every single week. Um, it's going to be difficult to even consider trading him out until the buy because he's got that last buy round, which is perfect, um, you know, to trade him to some primo that's already played and had their buy. But at the same time, if he's averaging you know 80 points per game, then what are you What are you doing with him in your, in your side at that that price? You could be, you know, flicking him to a bokeh, a Lloyd, or somebody that you're not having and um, scoring a hundred every week. Uh, but yeah, my my personal advice would be to just stick stick fat and and hold him in, until the buy.
0: Well, his break even's about a hundred and seven this week. He's only made forty k on the season. I think he, it's time to call it. He's been a disappointing start and uh, not a failure because he's had some big scores and. Um, you'd rather those on your field than you know going all the way down to a rookie and something you know. There's a billion other circumstances that could have happened in your team, but I think you can you can always call this one a failed pick, unfortunately. And you know whenever you can move him on, whenever it benefits your team, I don't think there'll be any complaints from uh, anyone. Definitely not from us. So we'll move on to the free side, and firstly, Luke Ryan, We keep talking about him. You keep rejecting him as a person and a <laughs> player, and he keeps doing this.
1: Yeah, at some point I'm going to have to accept that he's a good super coach picker, I think. But it's still not this week. Um, oh boy, <laughs> what does he have to do? I don't know. I don't even know anymore. I mean, he's he's scored two games above 140 as a defender, which is absolutely enormous, and one game below 90. Um, so maybe he's a good pick, JB. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, why well, do i might keep coming onto this podcast with the your pistol you're killing me oh uh, look, anyway freemance was I so th-
1: much better than i ever thought they, they could are, be they are a lot
0: better than yeah yeah i agree with that and
1: uh, it's it's kind of taken me by surprise that they're actually competitive and because of that you know you get he's in a very fantasy friendly role so He's able to, I guess, accumulate points quickly as well and he's in the right spots. I mean he's got a super coach friendly game as we know, but yeah, gee, they're they're just so much better than than I'd anticipated, and their players are much more supercoach relevant than I anticipated as well. So yeah, maybe I'm too late to to adapt to Fremantle actually being decent at football.
0: Yeah, so wait for them wait for Ryan to have a bad game which You know, he throws them in every now and then. He has a score around the 70 mark. Uh, He'll drop down in price uh, inevitably at some point around the buyers, before the buyers, whenever it is. And then we'll pick him up. I think he's a good option this year. So move on to David Money, 137 Supercoach points, 35 touches. Father time has not caught up to him yet. I think, again, he's another good option. Watch to see how he goes with Blakely, who I think is either back this week or next week. So uh, that could affect his midfield time, but I think it it just is not relevant anymore. He's been forward eligible for so many years now and and continues to average 100 plus. So I think he's going to be a good pick this season, Uh, high in price, and he tends to put in a bad game here or there as well. So good to wait on him. Nat 5, 124 super coach points after 120 last week as well. Uh, Still cheap enough to get in pistol. So I think if you're upgrading your Brad Crouches or Liberatore's or... Sam is whoever you want to go on uh, and you've got that 180k in the bank then he's a good option. Having said that, I uh, don't think there's a whole lot else to discuss in this side.
1: Well, Blakey, Blakey, Blakley is 460k defender. He's going to be coming in and playing as a inside midfielder you would expect where he has scored typically well in the past. So, I'm Definitely keeping my eye out for him because I really rate him as a player and as a super coach pick, so I'm hoping he can um, live up to some expectation, and as I said, Fremantle are uh, better than I had anticipated, so if uh, Blackley is also better than I anticipated, he's going to be a really solid uh, defender pick uh, for the rest of the season, but yeah, that's definitely a, a wait-and-see situation.
0: Hopefully we just see him healthy because he's generally, his body's made of wet paper bags, so hasn't really stood up to the AFL uh, test thus far as we, you know, he's coming back from injury now. So uh, hopefully we see a good run of games from him and he could easily be an upgrade target and a cheap one at that. So fingers crossed for that and we'll see how that affects the side. So that pretty much wraps up the game by game walkthrough. Have you got any other add ons to throw in at the end here?
1: I did want to mention the Cancer Council. Um, As usual, we are raising money for the Cancer Council. Um, No one got any donuts this week. No one did any dumb things. So there were no donations this week. Um, We'll see how we go for next week. Or if you did do something a bit silly, make sure you own up to it and uh, donate for dumb things. Um, and uh, yeah I think JB that's uh, pretty much it And otherwise I'm uh, looking forward to chatting on Thursday
0: oh, hopefully not Pistol it's been about 30 podcasts in a row I am longing for the return of Chezo, which should be in the next few podcasts so we miss you Cheezo we need you back I need you back because Pistol's just uh, doing funny Grinding. things to me at the moment yes
1: no, that's pretty much I, I can't wait to say yeah thank you next to
0: JB as well Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Get on our Twitters. uh, Myself, JB underscore DRSC. Pistol is pistol underscore DRSC. And then Cheezo, Cheezo with a Z underscore DRSC. I I know we said Cheezo with a Z every time. I don't know if that's even a necessary thing to add on there. Doctor underscore SC is our main Twitter. Make sure you leave a comment on the Facebook, on the Twitter on anything so we know how, what you thought of the podcast and please someone put in the comments bring Chizo back so we can get the man back on the mic thank you